Come be with us, Lord. Speak in us your word. For there is no other way to know real life. Open up our hearts today. Shed on us your light, your light. Shed on us your light. We transform and renew breathe unto us new life mold us your way fulfill your highest height in life on our own 
That's not what we need. We need a word from you. We need to hear from you. We need a word from you. If we don't hear from you, what do we do? Wanting you more each day. Show us your perfect way. There is no other way that we can live. Lord, please speak to us. Open our eyes, open our hearts. Father, soften every hardened heart. Remove from us a heart of stone. Give us heart of flesh. Hearts that will respond to you correctly and adequately. Lord, please help us. Holy Spirit, speak through me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, during the worship, I just heard the Lord said some people don't understand the value of being a child. Many of us still think like stepchildren. You still think you're God's nephew and nieces. God doesn't have nephews and nieces. He has children. And guess what? You are a child. Amen. Hallelujah. And just like any man, I would do anything for my children. I will walk my behind off, do what I need to do to take care of my children. The Lord will take care of you. Amen. He wants you to rest in the fact that you are a child. Nothing happens to his children without his knowledge. And it will cause all things to work out together for good for you. In case you are here, you are feeling lost, feeling lonely, unnoticed, unknown. Who am I? You are a child. And that's all you need. God doesn't have brothers. He doesn't have uncles. He doesn't have cousins. Do I need a... Are we good? All right. He doesn't need the best relationship is to call God your father and to tell him. That none of us can go to God and say, I'm a pastor. No, I'm a pastor to you, not to him. Amen. To him, I'm his child. Amen. And I love calling him my father. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to just say, I am a child of God. Amen. Amen. What a wonderful time of worship today. See, my, my heart aches for people who miss worship. I think they are missing the most important part of the service. Preaching is not the most important. It is maybe the second most important. The most important part of worship is that first 25 minutes when we focus our attention on him. That's the most important part of our service. And that's why you must be here. And the Lord will give you grace to do so. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I think God is in a very good mood today because his children are here. And he loves looking at his children. I want you to turn to your neighbor, tell him God is in a good mood. Amen. He's giggling. He's excited. Because his children are here and they are talking about the kingdom. So we're going to continue our message, part three of our message on the gospel of the kingdom. And today we're going to talk about the kingdom mindset. The kingdom mindset. And I would like all of us to read Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Uh, it will be displayed on the screen, and I want all of us to read it together. Let's read those two verses together. One, two, go. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, <clears throat> he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This is description of the ministry of Jesus. He kicked off his ministry and he said, the time has come. The word translated time there, interestingly, is the word kairos. Kairos is the set time. That moment, that season has come. The kingdom of God has come near. A lot of people misinterpret the scripture by thinking he's talking about something far away. No, he's saying here, this is the moment. I have brought my kingdom. The promised kingdom is here. But he told them, repent and believe the good news. The word translated repent there is metaneho. All right? Even though his N-O-E-O is pronounced in Greek language as if there is H in each, behind each of those words. That word simply means change the way you think. Uh, it's not necess- that doesn't necessarily have to do with repentance from sin. You see, for many, many years, the church, we are focused on simply the gospel of salvation that I said, right? So when we talk about repent, what we are talking about is people should just confess their sin and just stop sinning and enter the kingdom of God. That's not what repentance means. If you just go home, if you want to do your research, you can go do that research. You know, the word is there. You can write it down. It simply means change the way you think. In fact, the word has, it's a compound word that has the word called meta and noheho. All right? The first part called meta simply means change or movement. So meta means movement or change. The second part, which is noheho, simply means your mind and its thoughts, perceptions, dispositions, and purpose. So changing your mind, your perception, your disposition, because the kingdom has come. So Jesus is really saying here, change the way you think, you perceive 
the way you think about God, the way you think about yourself, the way you think about life, because guess what? You're about to enter into a new kingdom. Praise the name of Jesus. So, so it's very, very important. Now, just to really buttress that point, if you go to Luke chapter 3, uh, this is uh, uh, John talking about repentance also in Luke chapter 3. In verse 8, he, he was telling, before, before then, he was telling them they must repent. And he said, produce fruits in keeping with repentance. That is verse 8. And do not begin to say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. Now, change of lifestyle is a fruit of change of thinking. So this is Paul, I mean, this is a John saying that you must produce fruit that shows that you have actually changed the way you are thinking. So it's very, very important. So your repentance is not necessarily change of lifestyle. Change of lifestyle is a fruit of repentance. Praise the name of Jesus. It's a product of it. In verse 10, they say, what should we do then? They said, how do we, you know, then John answer, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. And he continued to tell them, these are fruits that you have changed the way you think. So repentance primarily means change of thoughts, right? So Jesus, if he's speaking today, he would just have told people, the kingdom has come. This is the moment. So this is the moment you've been waiting for. The new era has come. My kingdom, I have brought my kingdom. You must change the way you think about yourself, the way you think about God, and the way you think about life, and believe in the good news. That's how you will have put it in today's language. So it's very important because there is what is called a kingdom mindset. There is a mindset that came out of the knowledge of good and evil, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. It's a worldly mindset. Is an earthly mindset. There's a mindset that comes from God. Is the kingdom mindset. For us to truly, truly be kingdom citizens, or not truly be, we are, for us to manifest the lifestyle of the kingdom, our mindset must change. Praise the name of Jesus. I mean, many of us here are immigrants who moved from one kingdom to another kingdom, country to another country. We know the thinking can be very different, right? You know, the language can be very different. You know what, for example, I mean, I grew up in Nigeria, raised up in the western part of Nigeria. I mean, when you are talking to an adult, you don't look right into their face. It's a sign that you are rude, that you are aggressive, that you are full of yourself. You look away, you look down, not at their face. When I moved to the United States, I learned that it's the opposite. If you're talking to someone, you don't look right in their face, you're lying. <laughs> you're being deceptive. So you go for an interview, somebody's asking you a question, you're looking away, you just failed the interview. 
there has to be a shift, a change of mindset for you to be able to enjoy your new kingdom. You have to understand how the currency works, how everything works around there. Many people who don't do very well are the people who are not able to change the way they think, even though they move from one place to the other. Many of us are like that. We have moved from the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of this world, right, where, you know, that has its way of life, the operative system. Now, we've moved into the kingdom for us to truly benefit from being citizens of the kingdom. We must change the way we think. We must put on the kingdom mindset. Hallelujah. Now, what is the kingdom mindset? We already know what the kingdom is. The kingdom is the rule of God. The kingdom is the territory, the spiritual territory governed by God, right? The kingdom is the realm, the spiritual realm in which God's will, purposes, and plans, and desires are fulfilled. In the kingdom of God, God rules. Jesus is the prime minister, he's the prince. Uh, he, he, he rules, he's the king. Uh, he, 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 he controls things in the kingdom of God. He doesn't necessarily control things in the kingdom of darkness. The whole world is under the influence of the devil. So God is not responsible for what is happening, happening in the world. All right? People ask you questions. Oh, you know, why did 9-11 happen? Oh, yeah, we kicked him out a long time ago. All right? You, we can't live our life and say, God, we don't need you. We don't need God. Then disaster happens. We say, where is God? He doesn't force himself on us. So, but for the most part, the affairs of the world system is not governed by him. But he governs the affairs of the kingdom lifestyle. And those of us who have accepted kingdom, his kingdom as the place where we live. Hallelujah. Spiritually, that is where our thinking must be. In fact, Jesus said in Colossians, set your mind on things above. Even though you live on earth, your mindset must be the kingdom mindset. So we know what the kingdom is. A mindset, however, you know, just... A definition from this is taken from uh, the dictionary textbook definition. It's a fixed mental attitude or disposition that predetermines or decides in advance a person's responses to an interpretation of situation. Now, everybody has a mindset. Everybody has an attitude, a disposition that determines in advance how they see things, how they respond to things. You know, is another way of putting it is everybody has a lens, right? Everybody uses glasses, spiritual glasses. And that spiritual glass determines how they see things. So somebody look at a situation, they see it differently because they have a mindset, you know, so we all have an attitude that you can pretty much determine how people will react to things if you know them well. Because you know how they think. You know their mindset. You know how they see the world. Some people see the world as a very terrible place. Some people see the world as warfare. So they are always fighting. They suspect everybody. They are not trusting, right? 
Some people see the world as a happy place. They are always happy. Some people see human beings. In fact, when I was in school, I think we, we learned about uh, theory of management, theory X and Y, right? <laughs> One theory just sees human beings as good. One theory sees human beings as bad. So if you're a manager, you're operating from one of those theories, you already put everything, everybody in the negative. So people come, they have to prove themselves before you can even give them a chance. You know? But if you, are in, if you are someone with a belief, a mindset that people are inherently good, you're going to just give everybody a chance. Now, they have to be the one to mess up, to get out of that. So we all operate from a mindset, no matter what. But we operate majorly from a worldly mindset. All right? When we get into God's kingdom, we must put on a kingdom mindset. And that kingdom mindset, the Bible uses all kinds of words, renewing your mind, fix your minds on, you know, on things above to describe that. But without putting on a kingdom mindset, a believer will struggle, right? Because you will live in the kingdom, but you'll be thinking as if you are in the kingdom of the devil, the kingdom of the world. So you will not get the most out of it. You will be confused. You will be frustrated. You will not get the benefit of being citizens because your mindset is different. Praise the name of Jesus. So a kingdom mindset is a mental attitude or disposition that is ruled by God, that is governed by God's perspective, God's will, God's purpose, God's plans and desires. And it determines how a person decides in advance, you know, how to respond to things, how to interpret things. Even situations that present themselves, how you interpret it, a person with a kingdom mindset sees things from a kingdom perspective. Praise the name of Jesus. And in order to really carry on the kingdom agenda, in order to be able to partner with God, which is what we are as citizens. We are God's partners. We are his ambassadors. We are his children that he has deployed on earth to carry out his kingdom mandate, his kingdom agenda. The only way for us to partner with him is to have a kingdom mindset. We need to have a mind, a fixed mental attitude that is ruled by him that is governed by his perspective, that is controlled by his purposes, his wills, his plans, and that predetermines how we react to things. Oftentimes, it will always be contrary to how the world expects us to react to things. So it's very, very important. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 6 and read... Matthew chapter 6 a little bit. Now, we're going to read it a little slowly now. <laughs> we had a fast reader that just went zoom. Some of us were trying to just catch up with her. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, therefore, because now, in, he started with therefore because there is a shift. You're in a new kingdom now. I tell you, do not worry about your life. 
Don't be concerned. Don't be burdened about your life. All right? Because in the world system, that's how you do. Right? You worry about your life. You are concerned about your future. You are concerned about what is going to happen to me. What, what, what is going to be mine? They said, Jesus said, no, don't worry about your life. What you will eat or drink, we are concerned about preserving ourselves. What am I going to eat? You know, where is the food going to come from? We are consumed about that. We are worried about that. That's what we focus our minds on. That's what the world people, I mean, the people of the world, they are consumed about. They are also consumed about their physical body. Appearance is very, very important. You know, a lot of people are, I mean, the people are really depressed just for gaining five pounds or ten pounds. The concern is real. It's fair now, all over, you know, because of this. But I read yesterday that there is, this is a, there's a, another cause of depression that is of concern. Depression caused by fear of global warming. I mean, that people are really now being hospitalized just for fear. It has not happened yet, but they are already in the hospital. <laughs> Before it arrives, some of them have gone. <laughs> That's how the world is. Consume fear about our body. What will we wear? You know, appearance becomes a driving factor in, in people with a world system. It becomes the driver. He it says, it's, it's, life no more than, it's not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birth. So Jesus started by just appealing to their mind a little bit to say, you know what? God, who is the king, look, he's got this thing figured out even before you were created. Now, I mean, it is the fall of man that messed up all these things. There, will, there wouldn't have been any reason to worry about all those things at all. All Adam needed to do was keep the garden, dress it up front, and really, God was set to supply everything. Now, so he said, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in burns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. I mean, the birds just, they don't, they don't have minds to worry. So they, they just do what they're supposed to do naturally. All right? So they're not, you know. So God already set them up. Set them up. They don't need to sow. They don't need to reap. They don't store things away in bands. And your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they do you want to tell me you are not more valuable than birds of the air? You know, the, the, the scientists want us to think that we are not as much better. That's what evolution brings, right? You know, we came from them. We are just a little step from ape and things like that. I mean, you see, those thoughts as devalued human beings made us to think, you know, we are really not a special species. You know, we're just evolutionary, just came from it. No, 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 no. We are, we are different. We are special. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? I mean, what has worry solved? 
I mean, tell me one problem that worry solved, except give you high blood pressure, get you in a fight with somebody, right? You know, depressed, down, just, you know, that is, is a, that's, it doesn't add. There's nobody that says, oh, thank God I worry. I wouldn't have lived up to 95. Oh, I mean, if it wasn't for my warrior, I wouldn't be alive today. Nobody says that. He says, so can any of you add one hour to your life? Verse 28. Why do you worry about clothes? Why? Why are you so consumed about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his splendor, even not Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of us. Wow. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? You see, faith requires just to, to think, to think. To, to, just, to just reason with God. So it's like one of those come let us reason together moments. Jesus wants us to think deeply. And he said, so do no worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? Verse 32. For the pagans, the worldly people, run after these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. Those two statements, very, very important. He said the pagans, the worldly people, they run after that. You see, when people are running, they are trying to outrun other people, right? They are trying to get there first. That is what happened in the world. You see, the world operates from a scarcity mindset. All right? Now, if I don't get there first, somebody else will get there, then I will not have it. Isn't that what happens at work? Somebody wants to edge you out so they can get their position, right? Somebody wants to blackmail you so they can get you fired. Somebody, that's how the world runs. Isn't that how politicians run? They, I have to run negative art to destroy this person so I can win, all right? That's, that's okay in the world system. It's okay in the world. That's, that is the operative world in the world system. But you see, in the kingdom, we think abundance. I don't think somebody's having makes me not to have. Because there's enough to go around. Our Father has it in abundance. Hallelujah. So no jealousy, no competition, all right? Nothing. There's no, you know, it is, when you, when you think kingdom, it's a big difference. There's a big difference. So the worldly people, the pagans, they run after. That's their life pursuit, all right? But, you know, your heavenly father knows you need them. So there's no question. The Lord is not trying to say they are neat. 
You need clothes to wear. You need food. You need this. You need those things to live life. So your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Those things in the kingdom, we don't run after them. They are given to us. Praise the name of Jesus. They are given. They are given to us. They are a gift from God. Now, what I run after is the kingdom. Kingdom must become, and I really, really want to stress this, the organizing principle of your life. That's how a kingdom-minded person is. The kingdom. You know, we all have an organizing principle, something that we, our life is the core, is what we organize our life around. For some people, it's personal comfort. That is the organizing principle. Of, that's their core. They want personal comfort. That's what drives all their decisions. For some people, it's a desire for fun. That's what drives them. That's the organizing principle of their life. For some people, it's family. I'm a family man. Family, family. That's what drives, that's the organizing principle of their life. For some people, it's church. Everything must be church, 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 church. That is the organizing principle of their life. For some people, it's the desire to be rich. Right? That's what drives them. Their decisions, everything they do is that desire to be rich. Some people, it's the desire for fame, to be famous. And they're like, oh, one day I'm going to be famous. All right? That is the organizing principle of their life. For some of people, it's freedom from poverty. I've known people that they suffered poverty when they were young and they are determined. I would never be poor. I mean, you won't catch me a poor man. I would rather be dead than be poor. I've met people like that. I mean, they, they would do anything not to be poor. I mean, they would. <laughs> that becomes the organizing principle of their life. For some people, it's freedom from pain. That's really, maybe they have suffered something or they've seen that. That is the organizing principle of their life. I mean, some of these things are neither, some of them are not good or bad, but that is not what God, none of this should be the organizing principle of our lives. The kingdom of God must be the organizing principle of our lives. The will of God, God's heart, God's concern, God's agenda. Our task as believers is to be agents of God's kingdom. Now, we serve under a king who controls everything in the kingdom. And he is vested with the responsibility to take care of us. And this is really very serious. This is very important. I really want you to get this. God is invested in taking care of you. He said, 
the pagans run after them, your father knows that you need them. If you don't gain anything today, that statement should drive you. The pagan runs after them, but my father knows I need them. I mean, that, that is very important. So this is not some anti-stuff message where, you know, you just go and live your life in a cave. You have nothing and you are sad and you are like, oh, I'm just having God. No, 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 no. Your father knows you need them. All right? The pagans run after them. You don't run after them. You run after pleasing the father. You see, when you make God's agenda, the kingdom agenda, your agenda, your life purpose, the organizing principle of your life, life becomes easy. Things become resolved. It puts everything in place for you. You are not jacked up. You are in place. You have a place in the kingdom. You don't have to fight for one in the world. You don't have to. It's very, very important. Praise the name of Jesus. I want us to read Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 and 4. Colossians chapter 3. I've quoted it earlier, but I'd like us to read it together. Let's read it together. Is he on the screen? Let's go. One, two, go. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You see, even though we are in the world, we are not of the world. Our mindset the way we see things, the way we govern, even the way we see everything around us, the way we look at politics, the way we look at economy, the way we look at the future, the way we look, all those things, kingdom becomes the organizing principle. Your family, kingdom becomes the organizing principle of running your family. The kingdom, the kingdom agenda. How is my family fulfilling the kingdom agenda? Do you know that God created family? You know that? God created family. He created man. He gave him an assignment. He created a wife. And he said, he said, help me fit for you, right? To fulfill your agenda. Do you know that God does not bring two people together without a kingdom agenda? That's, now, if you just think it's for fun, you'll be having fun, you'll miss God's purpose, and there'll be chaos. If both of you, if you're married, you should always say, what is our kingdom agenda? What is the reason why God brought us together? That's, that's, and kingdom is not church. Church helps to advance kingdom. Any church that doesn't, that make, that doesn't advance the kingdom is really not fulfilling its purpose, right? So when I mean kingdom, I mean what is your place? You have a place in God's heart. There's a reason God saved you. There's a reason God brought you into this world. Yours might be in the church arena, you know, but many of us, it's even multiple levels, multiple layers. Obviously, there is something we do in church because people of God are in church, we need to serve, but there's much more beyond church. There's workplace. There's our neighbors. There's what is going on in the media. There's what is going on in, 
in you know everywhere in business world. There's what is going on in the art in this. There, there are if we really surrender to him and listen to him, there are a lot of things that there's a reason. Some of us, yes, he has called us into ministry. You know, some of us maybe it's prayer. Some of us is your kingdom agenda is you know not just prayer, but praying that are targeted. Prayer that are targeted to things. There are things that he's put you in charge of in the kingdom. He's put you in charge of. Are you even thinking like that? Or are you just consumed by you? That's the pagan way of thinking. What you are going to eat, that's what drives you every day. You wake up just running, running. That's why you lose energy. You are weak, you are sick, you are just... Just running, 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 running because you are out of order. Kingdom must become the organizing principle of your life. Praise the name of Jesus. So I'm going to go through a few things that describe people who are earthly minded. You know, it says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. You know, earthly minded people they are driven by pleasure and comfort. People who are earthly minded, what drives them is pleasure and comfort. That's how you know people, just, that's, that's just what drives them. Pleasure, fun, you know, comfort. Just, it must be, things must be comfortable. They are not willing to go out of, you know, to do anything that is discomforting. They won't wake up early to come to church. I mean, just when I get there, I get there, okay? Sunday is my Sunday, I sleep. They won't stress themselves for anybody maybe to help them. You know, somebody has a need. Oh, it is when it works for me. There's no, I'm not going to stress myself. They won't do anything that discomforts them. I mean, they won't, they won't risk anything for anybody. That is earthly-minded people, driven by pleasure. Earthly-minded people are driven by people. They are people-minded and people-driven. You know, opinion of people drives them. What are people going to say? You know, how are people going to say? What are people going to think? You know, if a guy comes to them, they will have to check with all their friends. Does it look good if you look? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, they, they would never... Before... God is not even a factor. God is this person, the person. <laughs> Forget God. I mean, I just want A, B, and Z to be able to say, whoa. They see a girl, they, they go to their friends, send a picture. What do you think? Oh, yeah. That's it. People minded, people driven, they blend in with people, they want to please people. That's earthly-minded people. Earthly-minded people are also driven by self-preservation. The, the, the desire to preserve themselves. Stack money there, investing in kingdom, no. Self-preservation. Just want to watch out for themselves. Want to take care of themselves. Even emotionally, they watch themselves. They don't want to love people too much so they can get hurt. They don't want to risk themselves. No, self-preservation is what. Earthly-minded people, for earthly-minded people, survivor takes priority. It's, it's about survivor. You see, they can't even think about thriving. They are so much in survivor mode. 
Earthly-minded people can't rise above their problems. They cannot. You know, they have a little problem. They think the world ends there. You know, they have, you know, a child with disability. That's the end of the world. That's, you know, they have a sickness. They have a challenge. They have a problem. I mean, there's, you see, they're always driven by problems. You're earthly-minded. You're not kingdom-minded. Because your problems determines your mood, whether you are there for people, whether you are not there for people. Just imagine I'm run by my personal problems as a pastor. I mean, you think I don't have problems? Yes, that just, I'm here, I'm just not happy. I can't do this. I'm cranky. I mean, everything going on in my life, when, when my account balance goes down, you just know. I mean, because the guy is just, <laughs> he's preaching some hard message. You're like, I think something is, <laughs> what is driving this pastor's message? It looks like he's angry with somebody. Earthly-minded people can rise above. I love Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 9. He said, look, you know, after he had such a breakthrough in the spirit, and he said, because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me, you know, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in my weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's a kingdom-minded person. It's an earthly-minded person. God did not take it away after three times. They quit God. Are you, I mean, why won't you take it away? What did I do? Am I the only person? <laughs> <laughs> he went to God, God said, I'm not taking it away. And look at what he said. He said, then I will glory in it. Wow. I will glory in it. You see, if you have a challenge, God is not taking it away, glory in it. Turn it for good. There's, you know, a kingdom-minded person sees kingdom as what drives them, not those problems. They are not consumed by their problems. They're not consumed by what is going on in their life. Things are tough right now. Look, it's temporary. So they are not down. They are not refusing to. Some of you can't help any other person because in your mind, I have my problem. I'm not, I have my, don't you think I, I, have, I have problem of my own? They can't think beyond their problem. They don't know that in the kingdom, God can use you in spite of your problem. Praise the name of Jesus. So let's go for kingdom-minded people. I'll give you a few things about kingdom-minded people. A lot of them are opposite to what we talked about, but some of them are slightly different. Kingdom-minded people are not about themselves. That's one thing about kingdom-minded people. You see, for you to be kingdom-minded, self must be crucified. Self must be crucified. You're not about projecting yourself. You're not about... You know, advancing your cause, advancing yourself. No, God, God does that for kingdom-minded people. God advances kingdom-minded people. And that's, that's the fact. You see, God advances you. God takes care of you. God fights your battle. Because you, you are kingdom-minded. You understand that is the kingdom principle. Now, you can't mix those together. You can't be going around fighting for yourself. You know, even in church. You can't do God's business. I mean, a few years ago, I was, I, was, I was gathering with some group of pastors, 
and they were and they were talking. The discussion went around guest speakers. Yeah, I was. I mean, the discussion was on, and they were talking about ah, oh, they don't allow guest speaker to talk to anybody in their church. I was really shocked. I mean, that was the first time I was hearing that. Oh, if guests become home, ah, I don't let them talk to, their, to anybody. They can't talk to my member. They can't, they can't take their number. I mean, I'm like, ah, what is that? I mean, I'm, am I in ministry really? I mean, I, I don't know about all this. Oh, yeah, there's, oh, when guests become home, you must watch them tightly. They must not talk to your members. Your members must not talk to them. They must not collect their members. They must not, this. They, they came up with all these very defensive, and I said, guys, 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 guys. I mean, why do you want to do that to yourself? I mean, you're going to give yourself a heart attack over a church that you have nothing to do. Those, can those members walk away if they want? When people want to use, that's a worldly mindset of control. That's, I mean, that's, that's completely worldly mindset that people sometimes bring into church. I'm thinking we must do this. Oh, we must, this is mine. I must guide it. We must protect it. These are my members. Trust me, you don't have any members. You don't own member. Who own? Are you a slave owner? <laughs> How can you? <laughs> Those members chose you. You didn't even choose them. And you should be grateful they chose you as their pastor. Hallelujah. In case a pastor is listening to this, you should be grateful they chose you as a pastor. <laughs> you are called to serve. I'm called to serve you. I'm here for you. You are not here for me. I'm here for you. I am called to serve you. I am here not because I'm important. I'm here because you are important. And God said, go and serve them. Do you know that? That's, that is... Do you know Moses' Moses sin was when he belittled God's people? Belittled them. I mean... God knows his people are not that great, right? <laughs> we know Israelites are not the best. They are not the best church any pastor will want to pastor. Um, but, but he insulted them, called them names. No, let God call them names. That's not my job to call them names. As far as I'm concerned, they are precious in God's eyes, and I am called to serve them. Praise the name of Jesus. Kingdom-mindedness. So sometimes we can do church without kingdom-mindedness. You can run our life with a worldly mindset. Kingdom-minded people think beyond the physical and material world. You see, kingdom-minded people, they see things. Apostle Paul said we fix our eyes on what is, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary. Guys, what is seen is temporary. What you see, these are temporary. They are going to, they're not going to last. They are going to go away. Your strength now is temporary. You're not going to be strong there for a long time. Don't you have grandparents? How strong are they? They used to be strong at some point. I remember my dad when I was young, when he was strong. Oh, give me beating. Can you imagine he tries it now? <laughs> Can you imagine he tries to say, oh, I'm going to beat you up? He's probably praying you are not a bad kid to beat him up because he's so weak now. 
Everything is temporary. Kingdom people understand that. And we don't fix our eyes on things like that. The money in your bank account is temporary. Is there will be a time when it would not be relevant who has money. I mean, the account will disappear. The world will disappear. Right? We must understand that. Looks are temporary. You know, all those things that we focus on, they are temporary. Material things are temporary. All right? Kingdom-minded people, they look beyond those things. So they don't judge things just based on appearance. They judge based on what is the eternal value. How do we judge people? You see, a kingdom-minded person understands that a person is not who they drive, how they look, what they wear. A person is how God sees them. Eternally valuable. You know, it is, it is lack of kingdom-mindedness that, that causes racism, for example. Because people are eternally equal in their value. God doesn't, you know, so if you see everybody as valuable, you know, what we call racism, sexism, it's just lack of, even in church. Somebody, I mean, one of the pastor friends, who is a lady, a good friend of us who came, you know, associated with us, and he just said, you know, Pastor Jiri, I just, I like you, you honor women in your church, I love your ministry, and I have never even thought about that. I mean, I'm like, wow, really? I, I never sat down to say, okay, let's honor women, let's put, no, no. <laughs> the foundation is everyone is equal in the sight of God. We operate based on gifting. You might be male, female, black, green, blue. Are you a child of God? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? That is kingdom-minded. We look beyond physical look. It's not about, oh, you know, I just came here, I can't do this. No, 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 no. That is worldly-mindedness. Kingdom-minded people are driven. Kingdom-minded people are driven by eternal purpose, not personal comfort. We've talked about that. All right? Kingdom-minded people, the last one, always go bigger for the kingdom's sake. And I want to end there and challenge you. Let's go bigger for the kingdom's sake. Go bigger for the kingdom's sake. Psalm 2.8. Psalm 2.8 says, Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. Say, ask me, and I will make the nations. You see, see, kingdom-minded people's prayer life is different. They are not hardly-minded people. Their prayer life is about them. It's about what they are going to wear what they are going to eat, their preservation, my life, me, my wife, my kid, my this, me, everything. They can pray one hour, nothing kingdom, nothing bigger than that. The pursuit of the Gentile is their pursuit. Kingdom-minded people cares about something bigger. We can ask for nations. We can pray for our states. We can pray for our president. We can pray for nations of the earth because we are kingdom-minded. Let's rise up and pray. Hallelujah. Let's rise up and pray. Thank you, Jesus. I would just, if you are here, you are not in the kingdom yet. I would not want you to leave this place without making a decision. All right? The world has nothing to offer you. First of all, the world system is temporary. It's not going to last. It's going to disappoint you. All right? 
See, my wife was sharing yesterday that even some of the solution that the world comes up with the current problem is a problem, right? We're talking about opium addiction now. Wasn't opium, opioid rather, wasn't it made to uh, uh, relieve pain? Now people are addicted to it and they are killing each other. I mean, that's, that's the world solution. The world has no solution. The solution is Jesus. Amen. One person. You have him, you have everything. So if you don't have Jesus as the Lord of your life, I want you to make that decision today. Your life will be better both on this earth and eternity. Let's bow down our heads. If you want to make that decision, please raise up your right hand and I would like to pray for you. Just raise, raise it up. Thank you. God bless you. Any other person? I have one person. Any other person? Just raise it. I'd just like to pray for you from here. I want you to place it on your chest. That your hand. Place it on your chest. Father, you know these people. They are making a decision for you. I pray this decision will last to eternity. Amen. The enemy will not be able to change it, take it away in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus, be the king. Be the center of their life. Take the wheel of their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. The rest of us, let's just lift up our hands and just say, Lord, I just submit to you now. Just surrender yourself. Just say, Lord, I want to put on the kingdom mindset. Help me. Destroy every mindset, every earthly mindset that I currently have. Crush them. Destroy them. Crush them by the power in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we are praying. I want to say something and we're going to pray. I'm sorry I took your time. I'll say something. You see, I was an engineer. I worked in big construction for a very long time. When we pour concrete, you only have a few hours to make amendment. If you make an error, Let's say you pour concrete, and if you create a form, you pour concrete. Within an hour, it's dry. Uh, seven hours, you know, usually seven days, 14 days, 21 days, stop curing. It cures completely. Once that concrete is set, you can't go back. All right? Once a mind is set, that's what mind set, right? You can only crush it. You, can, it's not, you, can, you, can just, you have to crush it with hammer. Sometimes that's what God needs to do in our life, right? Mindsets don't just change. They are crushed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And many of us have mindsets now. They are not going to help us. They are not going to help us to prosper. They are not going to help us to succeed in the kingdom. They are not going to help us to enjoy and experience God to the maximum. All of us have it. Can we go to God and say, God, every mindset that I have, preventing me from truly maximizing the kingdom, break in the name of Jesus. Destroy every mindset that I have acquired by reason of where I grew up, by reason of my experiences in life. Father, destroy them now by the power of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Destroy them. Crush them. And help me to put on a new mindset. Help me to put on a kingdom mindset. Guided by faith. Guided by the king. The principles of God. God's thoughts. God's agenda. Help me to put it on. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you glory and honor. 
In Jesus' name, we have prayed.